Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast and are presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet at $100 to get a free extra $100 at sportsgampodcast.com slash WinBet, the sportsgampodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Start your engines with Rod and Cody and get ready to gamble on the Daytona 500 this Sunday. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Scott Show once again going solo for this pod. It is currently Sunday, February 19th, which means we do have three ATP finals to go through in Rotterdam, Buenos Aires, and in Delray Beach. And it's actually the order we're going to go in for these final previews because we're going to go chronological. So I do think it makes a lot of sense to keep doing it that way. So Rotterdam will go first, followed by Buenos Aires, and then followed by Delray Beach to wrap it up. Uh, Before I should get into any of the previews, do want to recap the action from yesterday and go through our picks, most importantly. Overall, not the best of episodes, but also not the worst. We ended up splitting the lock and dog. We had center twin in straight sets at roughly minus 160. Bit juicy, but only losers paid juice, and center got the job done for us. It was competitive. Both sets were very close, as center did win 7-5-7-6. So maybe a little bit too close for comfort, but center got it done, and that's all that matters. So a nice winner there. But we did lose with the dog, as we had Varias on the money line at plus 175 against Nori. And unlike the center match, it was close, but it did end up not going in our favor. So you had two competitive mat, uh, sets, and Varias lost a first set tiebreak, followed by a second set 6-4. So competitive, Varias went down swinging, but unfortunately Nori was too consistent, and he took advantage of some untimely unforced errors by Varias in some big rallies. But that wraps up the full, full pick breakdown from last episode because we split. Now to go through some of the thoughts on the other matches that we covered but didn't exactly bet on, they weren't that great for our picks, but that's also why we didn't give them out because we didn't exactly feel great on uh, betting them because that's what the lock and dog segment is for. I had a couple of leans that didn't work out, but still uh, ended up splitting for the two picks at the end. So we'll look to sweep here for the final uh, finals on Sunday. And hopefully we end up hitting the dog and not just cashing the lock. But still, to briefly go through some of the takeaways from yesterday's action, we're just going to segue into the actual final matchups, which I'll go through in a second. But I'll start off with Rotterdam. Medvedev and Sinner, two best players here. Uh, I did think Felix potentially could make a run because I didn't exactly trust Medvedev with his form rolling over from last year. But after he destroyed Felix, I think we all knew that Medvedev was going to probably make it to the final, and he did. And Sinner has looked like the best player in this entire tournament from the get-go. He did did go to three sets against Bonzi in the first round, which was a little bit of a a puzzling scoreline, except when you remember that he did win in Montpierre last week. And my cardinal rule is fading guys who just won tournaments in the first round in the following week. So I'm not surprised Sinner struggled early on, but he made the transition. And he has looked dominant up to this point. So you have the two best players, in my opinion, uh, in the Rotterdam final. As for Buenos Aires, you have probably the two best players as well. 
Nori is ranked 12th. So in terms of ranking, it's the two best players. But the real story has been Alcaraz. And going into this event, I had no interest in taking Alcaraz because I wasn't sure how he would look post injury rehab or recovery he had the abdomen issue then i believe he had a leg issue but the point is he looks phenomenal there's really no way around that alcaraz looks not even just back but he looks even better than he did last year the movement is on point the power is on point the overall fluidity of his game is there he just has all the shots and he has the movement to go with it i think if you want to include djokovic Alcaraz right now is the second best player in the world. I think it's a pretty fair assessment in my opinion. And he destroyed Zapata Marais 6-2-6-2. I can't even say Zapata Marais played that badly. He just got absolutely smacked by a player that is in peak form right now. And I wonder if Nori will be able to use his defensive resources and his consistency to potentially wear down Alcaraz over this match. I'm not sure if he's going to. I'll save that for the overall preview. But overall, the main takeaway from Saturday's action was Alcaraz looking like a top two player in the world. And it looks like there are no injury concerns whatsoever. And moving on to Delray, you had two competitive matches. One went three and one finished in two. Kekmanovic ended up beating Albert in three. Very competitive match early on as the first set went to a tie break 10-8 in favor of Kekmanovic. Then Albert came back. Won the second set 6-3, and then Kekmanovic ran away with the third set, winning 6-2. And Fritz did end up beating McDonald 6-3, 7-6. Competitive match there, but Fritz was a little bit too much on the serve, and that ended up uh, resulting in the win for him, as Fritz ended up winning 83% of his first serve points, compared to 71% for McDonald, and that was the story. However, Fritz did get broken twice, so his serve was a bit vulnerable, but for the most part, it held more than McDonald's did and that allowed him to enter the final. But should be a couple of good matchups uh, looking at the actual odds for this event for these events. Uh, starting off with Rotterdam, you have Medvedev as a favorite at around minus 170, and Sinner is the dog at around plus 150. For the spread, you can find either 2.5 and minus 110 for both sides, or you could end up getting 3.5 with pretty heavy juice on Sinner at minus 155. Uh, and I do think that's warranted. You're looking at the over-under. It's at 22.5 at minus 110. You can get 21.5 at minus 145 or 23.5 at plus 110. The over 2.5 sets are at plus 120. For the record, I don't see any value in the over 2.5 sets if I can just get 23.5 games at plus 110 because I definitely could see one of these sets, if not both, going into a tie break or at 7-5 or something along those lines. So it is pretty nice when you can win an over without having to go three sets at 23 and a half. And it's only 10 additional cents. I don't think that you're going to see a blowout set per se. I think every set should be 6-3 onward. And I do think you'll end up seeing potentially what we saw in that center score line against Greek Spore, where you just have a couple of really long sets between two good players, and it ends up going over. So first glance... I'm going to go with Sinner. I mentioned him as my pick before the semis to win the tournament. I didn't expect Medvedev to win that easily against Dimitrov. But once again, you're all reminded why I'm very anti-Dimitrov, and I don't think he's a very good player. I think that he is one of the biggest underachievers in the history of tennis, and there's a big reason why. He hasn't won a, an ATP event in about four or five years, and he was originally getting comparisons to Federer, 
It was a long ago, and most of it, I'm sure, was because of the one-handed backhand. The point is, Dimitrov has really not lived up to the billing, and I'm not surprised that Medvedev ended up, in hindsight, winning comfortably. It was an embarrassing scoreline, and I thought that Dimitrov would potentially keep it close, but this is who Dimitrov is. He'll look really good one day. Following day, it looked like garbage. It's just, what it, it's just how he plays the game. It is how he has been so underwhelming for such a long period of time. And that was my fault for putting even slight faith in Dimitrov because we all know I fade him all the time. But uh, he got on my good graces because he did cover against Djokovic in the Australian Open. But at the end of the day, Medvedev was too much for him. And he wore him down and was really never in doubt. So my thoughts for this matchup, first of all, I will start off with the head-to-head breakdown and to look at those head-to-head numbers. You have a Medvedev domination. Medvedev is 4-0, lifetime against Sinner. Uh, let me just confirm quickly that that is, the over, that is the correct line. I'm looking at it, but I do want to cross-reference and make check a different source to see if that is true. Uh, but I want to at least point out that Medvedev has done very well against Sinner in the past. I just confirmed that it is 4-0. So to go through the overall results, they played one time in 2022 in Vienna, and Medvedev did win in straight sets 6-4, 6-2. They played in 2021 in the round-robin stage of the ATP Finals, and Medvedev did win, did go three sets, though, with two tie breaks. So that match was very competitive. And Dimitrov, uh, not Dimitrov, sorry, and Medvedev ended up getting it done. Then they matched up in 2021 in Mon- in Marseille, and Medvedev won in straight sets. And they matched up in 2020 once again in Marseille, and Medvedev won in three. So there have been a couple of long matches between these guys, but Sinner has definitely looked like he's raised his game a level compared to last year. And we know how good he looked in that really painful loss to Alcaraz in the U.S. Open final last year. But Sinner, he also lost a heartbreaker to Tsitsipas in the Australian Open where he went like 4 of 26 on breakpoint chances. But Sinner really looks like his game has improved, and I do think that's going to bode well for him in this match. I'm not picking Medvedev to roll him over. I think you'll end up seeing a very competitive match. I gave out Sinner uh, to win the title if I had to make a future play before the semis, and I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go with Sinner. Medvedev's been very good. I understand he's been good in the head-to-head. But there have been a couple of long matches, and I do think that at the end of the day, Sinner has the game and the power to make life difficult for Medvedev. And Medvedev had some serving issues early on against Davidovich Fakina, and I think Sinner can take advantage. So for me, I'm going to go with Sinner to win this match. I like the value at plus 150 uh, for the games, plus three and a half. And for the overall totals, no value once again on over two and a half sets, in my opinion, at plus 120. I'd rather have the chance of winning a 7-5, 7-5, or you know, a couple tie breaks in there to go for the 23 and a half. So that's gonna be my favorite total in this matchup. It will be the over 23 and a half. Now, for the actual props, this is the only match that I have props on. Uh, to look at the aces count, the over-under for the total number of aces is 10 and a half. Medvedev's at eight and a half, centers at one and a half. Heavy juice on the one and a half, though, at minus 175. For the breaks of serve, you have over under four and a half total. Medvedev to get three breaks or more is minus 145, plus 115 on the under. And Sinner to break three times is plus 135, and the under is minus 165. 
and the double fault count is at four and a half. The over is at minus 145. Medvedev over two and a half double faults is minus 155. Under is plus 125 the other way. And center double faults, you have one and a half over at minus 145. And you have under one and a half at plus 115. So first glance, I am tempted by these center breaks of serve. I think there is some value there potentially. Medvedev is a good server. However, his first serve accuracy can be a little bit inconsistent at times. And center has been returning very well in this event. Plus 135, I think, is appealing for center. I think that he definitely can get it done. And we've seen Medvedev kind of punt some sets every now and then if he falls behind a decent amount early. But I do think center has some value potentially at over two and a half breaks. I'm trying to think if there's any other value plays that I like. The aces, I would lean center over, but it's minus 175. Like, I'm clearly not going to give that out, but I am tempted by it. That's kind of going to wrap it up, though, for this match. I don't have much for the prop market, but I do have center on the money line, and I also do like the over 23 and a half games at plus 110. Now, moving on to the matchup in Buenos Aires, and you have Nori taking on Alcaraz. Alcaraz, huge favorite at around minus 500, and for the game spread, you have Alcaraz around four and a half or five, depending on where you're shopping, and the over-under is 20 and a half and minus 115. Alcaraz to win in straight sets, is minus 170, uh, which is not too surprising. Now, to go through the head-to-head, Nori has been able to make life difficult for Alcaraz in the past. Alcaraz is still 3-1 and one in the head-to-head, but to go through the matchups, it did face off three times last year. To go through those, Nori did win the last matchup on hard court in Cincinnati. Very good match, 7-6, 6-7, 6-4. They did play on clay in the Masters 1000 event there, uh, last year, and Alcaraz did win. Did go three sets, though. 6-4, 6-7, 6-3. Faced off in Indian Wells, and Alcaraz crushed him 6-4, 6-3. And they played in the U.S. Open in 2021, and Alcaraz once again smacked him 6-4, 6-4, 6-3. So Alcaraz has done well. Nori did win the last meeting. Alcaraz had chances. was a crazy match, but I remember Alcaraz was just spraying unforced errors all over the court, which might decide the match. But to go through my takeaways... For this matchup, I got to go with Alcaraz. At the end of the day, you're looking at a guy who is the far more talented player. Really no way around it. Nori is a very sturdy and a very consistent player, which is why he's in the top 12. However, Alcaraz checks all the boxes. He's got the better serve. Not even close. I think Nori's going to have serious problems serving in this match. You have Alcaraz with the with the far more, which is far significant power. Uh, looking at the comparison, Nori mostly keeps the ball in play. Occasionally, he can hit a winner, but it's mostly just keeping it in play. Alcaraz can hit winners for days, and if you don't believe me, watch the Zapata Marais highlights because he looked fully dialed in. He looked incredible, and I do think that he just has too much firepower for Nori to handle. Uh, if you're looking at the... Uh, what else was going to talk about? The movement. Uh, Alcaraz has been moving very well. He has been able to force opponents to hit extra shots. Nori can move pretty well. I think he's got some underrated quickness, but Alcaraz is probably the fastest player on the tour. So I think Alcaraz is better at everything besides maybe accuracy, just because Alcaraz occasionally has problems with unforced errors. But I do think Alcaraz is the far better player. He's looked like the best player in this event. And Nori's also had a pretty weak schedule up to this point of the final. Ended up facing off against Acosta Diaz, then faced off against Echeverri, 
and then faced off against Varius. All three guys, though, outside the top 80. So don't get me wrong. He's done a good job of getting through the guys he was supposed to, or the guys that he ended up facing. But you got to at least point out that Alcaraz has looked better while facing better competition because Dejir is a very solid player on clay. Zapata Marais is good on clay, too. Lahovic is very good on clay. And Alcaraz beat all three of them without many hiccups. Round one there was, but... For the most part, Alcaraz has kind of just smoothed that all out, and he's looked like an unstoppable force. So give me Alcaraz in straight sets. Give me the under. I see some type of 6-4, 6-3 type of match. So I do like the under 20 and a half. And besides that, I think that's basically going to sum up my thoughts for that match. Now moving on to Delray. So going back to America, and it's fitting that we do have a hometown guy, or at least a home country guy in, because you do have Fritz in the final, taking on Kekmanovic and looking at the overall odds for this match. Fritz is a favorite of minus 310. Kekmanovic is plus 260 the other way for the actual spread. It's 3.5 minus 115 for Fritz, and plus 3.5 for Kekmanovic at minus 105. You could take an alt line if you want to go for either Fritz or Kekmanovic, we're going to lay some juice on it, uh, assuming you want the uh, alternative spread that was bought up a point, so to speak. But either way, uh, looking at the total, it's at 22.5, around 21.5, mostly 22.5 at minus 105, minus 115 towards the under, and 21.5 minus 155 to the over, plus 125 for the under. First glance, over. I think you're I think you're gonna end up seeing a pretty competitive match here. Kekmanovic has been serving quite well in this event. Now the first serve percentage has been a bit of an issue, but Fritz has had movement issue in the past. And I do think that Kekmanovic could, keyword could, pull off the upset. Am I picking him to? No. But I do think you'll end up seeing a competitive match. I think you'll see at least one tiebreaker. I do like the over in this matchup. And to look at the head-to-head, they faced off three times on hard courts, one time in 2019 in Atlanta. Fritz won that one in straight sets. And they faced off twice last year in hard court, two Masters Masters 1000 events, faced off in Indian Wells. Fritz ended up winning that one 7-6-3-6-6-1. And they faced off again in Miami last year, and Kekmanovic won. 3-6, 6-1, 6-4. 3-6, 6-1, So the last two matches have gone the distance for three sets, and you also had a tiebreaker in the final set of 2019. But the point is, when these guys play, it is relatively close. I think there's value on the plus three and a half games for Kekmanovic, and I like the over. I definitely see one breaker in this match, maybe more, and 22 and a half does seem a little bit short, or play it safe and take the 21 and a half. But for the actual upset picks here, I think my favorite upset pick, if I had to pick one, would be Sinner. I think that that's going to be very competitive, and I know Medvedev's been great, but Sinner has looked really, really good, and I think there's value there as my favorite, I'd say, money line pick here. Not saying I'm going to take it for the dog segment, but just to go through my thoughts on the actual money line prices. I think there's value on Kekmanovic. I might not pick him to win. But I do think you could find value at over two and a half sets at plus 155. Either way, uh, that's going to wrap it up for the actual previews for Sunday's ATP Finals. But we do want to have a quick word from our sponsor before getting into the lock and dog picks. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the SportsCam Podcast and Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. Great promos, odds, and pads are happening right now at WinBet. 
ready to play. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100 and get an extra $100 of limited state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit on top, which is nice. There's so much to choose from. And all you have to do is head over to sportscampodcast.com slash winbet. So then always send you to sportscampodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know is a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the three ATP final matches in Sunday's card, but I do want to transition over to the official picks for this episode, looking at the lock and dog segment. So initially, my lock was going to be Alcaraz minus one and a half sets. However, it was in the 150s. Now it's at 170, so I'm not going to take it. Instead, I will go with the under in this match at, and I'll go with 20 and a half here. I see either 6-4 or 6-4-6-3, but I see Alcaraz winning comfortably. I just think he's got too much firepower, and Nori is really not a good server. I've mentioned it time and time again. He gets by because he's such a good rallier, but Alcaraz has the variety. He's got the speed. He's got the power, and he will be all over those Nori service games, and I think he'll break through a couple of times. So I think Alcaraz should end up getting a couple of breaks per, uh, per set, and I think he'll end up winning somewhere around 6-4, 6-3. So my lock will be the under 20 and a half games in the Nori and Alcaraz match at minus 115. And for the dog, I'm going to go back to Delray, and I am going to go with the over two and a half sets in the Kekmanovic and Fritz match at plus 155. I like the odds. The last two meetings went three sets. Uh, they also have had a tiebreaker in two of the three of, of the last three matches. I didn't even mention, by the way, they faced off in qualifying back in 2019 in Newport and Fritz won that one in three sets as well. So three of the four career meetings have gone the distance, and I do think that plus 155 is a good price to bet on history repeating itself, especially with how Fritz's movement can be a bit iffy at times and how Kekmanovic has served well. If he can keep the first serve percentage up, I think he's got a shot to win the match, but I will take the over two and a half sets of plus 155. I think there's pretty good value on that. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Tennis Gambling Podcast. You can find me on Twitter, at Rice Show Radio. I'll be on once again either tomorrow or later in the week uh, just to go through the outrights for the upcoming events as well as the actual match previews once we're in roughly the semis. But I'm also on the NBA show, so after the All-Star break, you can check out uh, my content and picks there. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.